This, 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 this is mythical. Welcome to Ear Biscuits Season 2. I'm Rhett. And I'm Link. Joining us today and kicking off our new season is TV star and internet tone setter, Rain Wilson. Yes, we are happy to have him at the round table of dim lighting. And I'm happy to be back here with you, Link, at the round table of dim lighting. Oh yeah, and thank you for being here with us, bringing your ears to be biscuited. Uh, yeah, the, the lighting is dim or dimmed. That, that was, the funny thing was a second ago, uh, Rhett and I were just discussing, it, maybe we're a little rusty, but I refer to it as the round table of dim delighting. And then you were like, hold on, we've never called it that. It's the, it's the round table of dim lighting. D-I-M, not D-I-M-M-E-D. But you might be technically correct. I mean, is dim a word or is it always dimmed? Is it like stupid lighting? <laughs> I think is what that the implication is. is I'm gonna it? go with dim. Uh, it is. Plus, well, that means we're gonna stick with it because that's what we've been doing. But it doesn't mean stupid, it just means dimmed. But it is uh, a lot different in here in this room because uh, we used to be semi-surrounded by the Good Mythical Morning set, uh, which is now moved to the new building. We are in transition. If you watch Good Mythical Morning, you already know this, but we're moving into a new building, but it's not happening quickly. And it's not just because it takes a long time to move, but there's work being done at the new building. Right, the round table has not moved from its original location under the unmoved dim lighting, the dim light. <laughs> and it, so it kind of feels like- Empty in here. It's almost like we're in a uh, like an abandoned doctor's office, like a weird doctor that did bad things to people. That's what I feel like this room feels like. Just a bad, like he would he would uh, like conduct experiments on people. Yeah. Well, the reason I'm thinking that is because I, I watched this. Uh, <clears throat> we're we're uh, watching uh, the blacklist on Netflix, and last night's okay. episode was about this nurse that was taking people into his home and inflicting injuries upon them, the same injuries that they had inflicted on, on other people. It was very, it was a, Isn't that thoughtful? It, it was a difficult episode to watch. And now I feel like our studio looks like that place where that guy tortures people. Hmm. What kind of tone does that set, well, I'm not. I'm, I haven't watched it, now I'm not gonna watch that show. But you wanna, I told you what I've been watching. Vikings. Yeah. On Amazon, because it's yeah. now, it's on Amazon Prime. Um, and there's some disturbing, violent stuff in that show. Uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you. If if you if you're you saying it with a smile on your face, <laughs> there's lots of blood and like axe work. Lots of axe work I'm a fan on of bodies. Axe work. Um, so, but I I'm into it. I I, I like it. Well, <laughs> Is that, I'll, let's I'll be keep, checking that out. Let's keep just talking about the shows we're watching. Yeah. But we had to. We felt you felt the need to apologize to Rain when he came in here about our place, well, and then we, he we, started playing into it like how bad it was. We but care about the aesthetic, was, I mean we care about aesthetics. It's, but it's, he knew no different, I mean, you know. If exactly. You if you didn't apologize, okay. You know, I guess, exactly. I guess that's your point. He thinks we work in a doctor's office torture chamber. <laughs> I don't want him to think that about us. What? Well, I think you cleared it up okay. with your repeated apologies. Okay, well we were played into. super excited to have Rain on the show and to kick off uh, season two. Of course, you already know Rain as Dwight, the pompous assistant to the regional manager on the Emmy-winning sitcom, The Office. What is my perfect crime? I break into Tiffany's at midnight. Do I go for the vault? No, I go for the chandelier. It's priceless. As I'm taking it down, a woman catches me. She tells me to stop. 
It's her father's business. She's Tiffany. I say no. We make love all night. In the morning, the cops come and I escape in one of their uniforms. I tell her to meet me in Mexico, but I go to Canada. I don't trust her. Besides, I like the cold. Thirty years later, I get a postcard. I have a son, and he's the chief of police. This is where the story gets interesting. I tell Tiffany to meet me in Paris by the Trocadero. She's been waiting for me all these years. She's never taken another lover. I don't care. I don't show up. I go to Berlin. That's where I stash the chandelier. Okay, but before he was Dwight, uh, Rain spent many years on stage in the New York theater scene, uh, on Broadway, doing all types of stuff. Just he, the dude's got chops. After he made his move to LA, he started to get film and TV traction. Um, his first big recurring role was on HBO Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually haven't seen that yet, but I bet it's got some axe work in it or some blood work. It's in between, kind of like, well, those people are dead. I watched a little bit show. of it. Um, of course, then he moved on to the TV behemoth, The Office, for nine seasons. I and, remember that one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, being very obsessed with that show. I think at, at one point, I know at one point in the conversation with Rain, I went into a little Dwight, and he called me on it, and I didn't even realize I was doing it. You know, it's just a subconscious thing when you're when you're talking to a guy that you've watched on television all these years, right? And you're and you're kind of being self conscious. You're like, I know yeah. that he's known as Dwight, but I don't want to make it seem like I feel like I'm talking to Dwight. And I feel like I uh, I did that. You didn't. You didn't do it well. But, <laughs> but I feel like at least one of <laughs> us did. You're joking, right? No. <laughs> did yeah, I do okay? Yeah, you did. You did fine. Okay, good. Uh, I, and I need to know that I did okay. And we in particular were really interested in talking about Soul Pancake. Uh, mm-hmm. It's kind of where our worlds meet uh, on the internet. Uh, that's his website slash book slash YouTube channel that he co-created uh, that he describes as a place where young people can connect to talk about life's big questions. So, and you get this, if you have ever heard Rain talk just candidly, you know, outside of one of his characters, you already know this, but you're gonna learn it today. He's a thoughtful, philosophical guy. He has uh, a very, strong worldview and, and thinks about things deeply. Uh, we were fascinated to discuss that and also to talk about his Baha'i faith, which he's been really public about. And also to discuss the intriguing animals that are his family pets. So That may uh, or may not be Link's favorite animal. Yeah, uh, my mind gets blown at a certain point in here. But uh, life after the office, uh, I think the bottom line is that it's looking good for Rain. Backstrom, his new TV show, just premiered on Fox. Thursdays at nine, DVR it. We'd like to thank MeUndies for helping to make this episode of Ear Biscuits possible. Uh, you may remember me talking about MeUndies uh, oh, yeah. last season passionately, and I will say that since that point, I have slowly but surely replaced every single pair of underwear in my underwear drawer that was not a MeUndies pair, and now my entire drawer is all MeUndies. I'm not making this up. These are the most comfortable thing you can put on your body, well, especially underwear. Maybe <laughs> it. it at all, you know, including anything you could put on your body, but definitely underwear. Christy got me some for Christmas, and I was I was really pumped. So uh, we're happy to have them as a sponsor. Well, uh, my they mo- have styles for men and women. My mom got me some other kinds of underwear for Christmas, and I took them straight to the thrift store. Don't tell my mom. I don't think she listens to your business. No way. Hmm. My mom got me some too, and I I couldn't do that. So I'm wearing them a little bit, but I think I'm going to go the eradication route just like you, and you should too. Go to MeUndies.com slash RhettonLink and get 20% off your first order and free shipping, people. Uh, you can save even more when you buy a pack of them. Uh, but yeah, 
MeUndies.com slash Rhett and Link, get that 20%. We also wanna take a second to help you get prepared for Valentine's Day, because that's coming up. If your sweetheart says she doesn't want anything for Valentine's Day, that is code for get me something for Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. And listen, uh, don't get her a potted plant. I made the mistake of getting my wife a potted plant. Not roses, but a potted plant. It makes sense to me. She said that's the most unromantic thing you've ever done for me. Ouch. (laughs) But it lives forever, it doesn't wilt. I don't know, either way. But we have a solution this year because we're bad at this. We're assuming that many of you are very bad Mm -hmm. at this. Berries.com. Go to Sherry's Berries, get giant, Freshly dipped strawberries. They got strawberry, big, big strawberries dipped in white chocolate, milk chocolate, dark chocolate. They get the top with chocolate chips. De- something they call a decorative swizzle. Link, you can get a decorative swizzle and on nuts. these berries. Get swizzle on my nizzle, <laughs> or I don't, I don't know what that means. That's not their slogan. They didn't ask me for that, and I shouldn't have offered it. Strawberries good, chocolate good. Put the two together. Add some swizzle on my nizzle. And um, there you go. I don't know where you're going with that, but assortments start at 19.99. That's over a 40% savings. Go to berries.com, click on the microphone, and type in our code RETINLINK, and they'll know that we sent you, please, and you can also it. use that to double your berry order, the number of berries, for just $10 more. Yeah, click on the microphone, retinlink. Uh, not retinlink.com. Let's go to berries.com. Yeah, do if that. You go to, we're not selling berries on our website. Not yet. We don't have the capability to put swizzle on anybody's nizzle, so go to berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com, and then use our code, retinlink. Now enjoy our Ear Biscuit with Rain Wilson. I was just apologizing for how lame this place is. Yeah, you guys are really, there was so many, I walk in here and there's so many apologies happening for really? the space. Just like, yeah, it pretty much sucks here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty awful and bare mm-hmm. bones and, and lame, but it's okay, man. It's, it's okay. It's like We're a just, ward. But look that way. It's DIY, man. It's punk, rock, <laughs> okay. YouTube. Oh yeah. All right. uh, That's podcast. Good. Comedy, music, Anti, anti-establishment, something. F the man, okay. <laughs> kind of retin link, kind of bull up in here in Burbank. So that's, can you feel Elvis the king? Can you feel his stare? Because we left him. I love Elvis. I, um, my son, who's 10 years old, he used to be obsessed with Elvis because we had the Elvis, uh, channel on the Sirius XM. So we would listen to Elvis mm, come oh, take yeah. him into school. So, Preschool, kindergarten, first grade, I just loved I knew all the Elvis songs, sang along. Because you liked Elvis, you listened to it, and he just assumed that's it what was music was? It was one of was. many channels that we listened to, and then, but he would always request Elvis. He's got good taste. Yeah, and but now he likes Imagine Dragons. Oh, well, I have a 10-year-old song. It's really strong also, with the 10-year-olds, the Imagine Dragons. No, yes. no, he, uh, I have a 10-year-old. Uh, you have a nine-year-old son, so we're all I in the do. same. Okay, good. Uh, now, my son, huge Imagine Dragons fan, but he was just telling me he's he's gotten into uh, this stage where he begins talking, and I'm like, "You sound like an adult." Like the way that you're forming your sentences and your opinions, very adult. And he's like, "Dad, I'm not gonna get the, I'm not gonna get the new album. I've just been disappointed." <laughs> with, <laughs> with he's what? already he's already sounds like he lives in Silver Lake. <laughs> And, and I don't even remember what he was disappointed who, with. Yeah, did he finish like it? Like their was, live performances or- That I, he hasn't been to. 
Their new songs are not as good as their old songs. Yeah, right. Yeah, we yeah, all know that, right? I wish you so. would go, just like our videos. <laughs> Your, our old videos always tend to be better than our new ones, how according come, to the comments. Yeah, how come it can't be funny like you used to be? Right. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you a funny Rhett and Link story? Yes. <laughs> you don't know that we have yeah. a history. Yeah, let's do that. Give us some history. Yeah, this is good. So, I'm going to say- I'm still trying to figure out why you're here, honestly. <laughs> five- um, for your own sake, I, I mean. love I love Burbank. I love all <laughs> these streets out here in Burbank. I like the Victory the and the Magnolia. Of the <laughs> yeah, and it's just like sun baked and and yeah. sad. And <laughs> it's it's uh, there's an oldness to it. I love I love it out yeah, here. Yeah, right. I love it out here. No, so I'm gonna say five or six years ago. When did you guys have your very first viral video about the car at the car dealership or the furniture store? Oh, yeah, the Red House Furniture. For, Red House Furniture. Yeah, oh when nine. was that? Oh nine, right? Yeah. Yep. Oh, so right when that came out, I saw it, and I emailed everyone on at my agency and yeah. at my management company. I'm like, you guys sign these guys immediately. <laughs> really? These guys are super, super talented. I am not. I'm not making this up. I'm not bullshitting you. For real, I did that, and they all were I like, was- looked at it, and they're like, yeah. That's pretty funny. I don't know really what we do with them. But <laughs> like, they're so funny. Like, there's got to be something you can do with them. I mean, um, that's as far as it went. But I just want to let you know that I was well. Thanks for the from effort the, from the get go. Wow, I wish we had like a reciprocal story yeah. for you. It's all right. It's like I watched you on television, and I I <laughs> thought many times that it was great. I made okay. a lot of phone calls. So there okay. you go. <laughs> uh oh, was that you? Yeah. hanging up on my. Uh, I'm yeah. sure I told family members throughout the years to watch like The Office. And- sure. Okay. Okay. You yeah. don't need to pay me back. It doesn't need to be <laughs> quid pro quo. Well, just just d- give me a price. I'm fourteen hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. Whoa. What is the mm. price for? I Whoa. don't get it. Is that the time value of money? I don't know what the price. What's the price for the you? for the plug to the, your agents and people? Oh. Fourteen hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. Do you remember the time value yeah, of money? Did you, I never? I never understood, understood that. that. No. Now, what is the time it, value of money? It, I don't know. Like, was this is seventh grade? Well, it's inflation, I guess. I don't know. It had something to do with inflation, and it was. It was okay. Well, this is fourteen hundred dollars in '09, but it's. Oh, right now. The yeah. Time, the time value. That's an actual thing that they yeah. teach you. Okay, I never learned. Yeah, that. it's like yeah, a, so a thing you learn in a class. We owe you like two grand, probably. Oh, probably. Yeah. No, I was assuming he already took that into account. Oh, okay, fourteen hundred. Now we met. Like the first time that we actually met and shook hands was on a plane. Well, it was yeah. a year ago on a plane to Sundance. Sundance, yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know we. You were From doing the beautiful sh- Burbank Airport. You were doing a show there in Sundance. We were. YouTube had its like on set up there and we did a Q&A. Okay. So we went to Sundance, it was great, but so we were, we saw you in the Burbank airport. Okay, uh, stalkers. Rain. I think okay. you were with, you were with your family. My wife and son, yeah. You know, yeah. so mm-hmm. we gave you your space. Thank Leonard you. Malton was also waiting to get on that plane. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and Sam uh, Rockwell. Right. Sam Rockwell was on, he sat yeah. across from me. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. and um, so then we're walking on, you sat down first and then the, you, you passed Rain. Yes, and but then I stopped and said hello. Oh, and that yeah. that was our meeting. This is this is a great story. And then it gets better. <laughs> I, I okay. stopped. Uh-oh. I gets, stopped and said hello. It gets worth telling a little okay. bit here. Okay, good. So then we weren't sitting together. I was sitting with Sam Rockwell. Yeah. The thing that really got me was I was looking over at Sam, and he was reviewing uh, a script. He was memorizing sure. his lines. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to bother him, but at a certain point, we got into a conversation. I started talking about his technique, and he was listening to 
um, he was listening to a read-through of his lines. That was his technique for learning his lines, was listening to them repeatedly in kind of a monotone, unacty kind of a way, which I understand is an actor's wow. technique for learning oh, lines. So was because he listening to the other people cueing the line? No, he was just listening to himself he reading. Was, he had two versions. He had himself... Himself uh, monotone, and then he and had... And then he had a dialect, like a southern dialect guy read it, it was just in some a southern guy from, dialect. From Tennessee, right? Some who owns a funeral home that his dialect coach found and got him to read the script. Some funeral homeowner oh, in like fantastic. Alabama. Do we even know what this movie is? Um, it's a Jared Hess movie. Jared Hess movie that, I don't know what's happening with it, but he's a biblical archaeologist. Okay. It's yeah. kind of tongue-in-cheek, I think. It sounded hilarious. Mm. But it, you know, I was just fascinated kind of watching him work. He was, he was, Sam was listening to the guy. He let me listen to it. It was hilarious. Um, and he, you know, he's underlining certain words and then circling other words. And it was almost like his printed out script became this scribble of kind of something I would want to keep if, you know, I took it from him. No, I didn't. <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering, like for you, I know you got like a theater background. What's your technique? How do you, how do you learn lines? Because literally I Googled because I can't learn lines for crap. You Google how to learn I, lines? I Googled yeah, how to yeah, learn lines. Right. And that's, that's where I read about the audio listening thing that Sam was doing, and that's why I knew what he was doing, because I Googled it a few months earlier. You've now, never done that? I have never done that. What I have done sometimes before is read the other people's lines and leave a space for my lines. Okay. So I can hear the cues. Yeah. Because hmm. I'm more, I don't want to hear my lines. I want to hear the other people's lines. So then I respond accordingly. I don't. I wouldn't know what to do with that technique. Um, and, and that's why they it's read monotone. So sure. at least you don't get like the acting cues, right? And you get you into some ditch of well, this is how I got to say it. Like a right. Maybe I should try that. A divot. I think I'm going to try it. I'm for but, real. I think I'm but do you it. you don't have a problem. Um, but how do you remember what you're going to say in those gaps? Just whatever. Well, I have like the script and I'll kind of be half on, half off, just kind of saying them. Do you know what I mean? Because to me, um, I think it, there's this weird thing about repetition. And if you just say the lines a ton, a ton of times, mm -hmm. like it really, it does really help. And you say, and make sure you say it in, in a lot of different ways. Um, don't just say it the same way every time. That's one thing that helps me is just repetition, just going through it, the script or saying it out loud, saying it, saying it, saying it. Um, it it's, you know, it really is like, what's my technique? I don't, um, this is a heavy question. Um, I don't really have a technique per se. Um, on the office, it was pretty easy because it was uh, short um, scenes. And mm -hmm. usually you didn't have to memorize a ton. You could improvise mm -hmm. and kind of go off the script and, and, and go crazy. And it was super, super fun in that way. Um, Backstrom... Is was so hard this new TV show because yeah, you, I'm the lead of it and it's an hour long TV show and I would have seven or eight pages of dialogue per day to to work on and I'd have to work I'd memorize a scene or two at night before mm -hmm. and then I'd memorize a scene like driving in and going through makeup so then by that point I'd have two or three of the scenes memorized and then I'd like memorize one at lunch hmm. you know so it's constantly uh, memorizing but so that was a little bit different but. The first, this time on Backstrom was the first time I ever worked with an acting coach. So that was crazy. 
um, this guy, Larry Moss, who's a very famous acting coach. And uh, well, yeah, I mean, you got a lot of experience. So I mean, what, what led to getting an acting coach? Well, Is that... this one specifically because I was going from the office and then two weeks later I was shooting a really complicated character. He's mm-hmm. an alcoholic and he's addicted to all these different things and he's self-hating and he's kind of twisted and he has a very a warped worldview. And so it was uh, it was a lot of work. And it, and also like a cop, like, I, you know, I'm this pudgy suburban character comedy guy, live, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't, you know, how am I going to be believable as a cop? Like, how does this work? I, I, do I, I don't, I don't want to act like a cop. I just want to... Um, uh, but I want it to, to feel real, but I don't want to put on anything. And I don't want to, you know, there was a danger with the role that it could be kind of like one of those, um, who was that guy in NYPD Blue? Um, Caruso? No, the other guy, the tough guy with the pockmarked face. Oh, yeah, the one. You know, who, that guy, that rah, 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 rah. I know who, you're who, talking Who about. always gets them to, the, no, that's. He's the, got his hair on the side of his head. Yeah, yeah, the bald guy, uh, who's really craggly-faced guy. Um, Google them. You have computers. Yes, we do. We do. Oh You're right. God, I, thought, you guys. I thought that would be rude. No, that's well, that's what we should be doing. Um, I don't want to lose my tab. How to remember my lines? So oh, I don't want to it up. I don't want to Google anything else. <laughs> <laughs> that was months ago. I'll show you how to. But you didn't want to be him. Um, You're not. Are you Googling it, right? I or am. You gave up. But apparently, someone upstairs is uploading a video to YouTube. Uh, oh, we, this we, is, we, this we is have. You would think that guys who make YouTube everyone videos listening for it, right now is going. It's they a know who it is. It's a <laughs> we'll, we'll just we'll just edit that. Okay, out. Well, you, well, know, you know who I'm talking about. We'll but I didn't and wanna... I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you in uh, less than seven seconds. Okay, should we wait uh, for Dennis it? Franz? Dennis Franz. Thank That's you. it. And everyone listening is like, finally. God, <laughs> I did not know that. I blanked. Senior moment. Okay. But I didn't want to be like Dennis Franz, a tough cop guy, and I didn't want to be like, there's just a lot of, um, there were a lot of pitfalls to be had in the character mm-hmm. of Backstrom when you're playing like a a messed up police detective, uh, tough talking, um, self-hating guy. It was, there were easy traps to fall into, and I didn't want to fall into them, and I, I wanted to... Um, and I also really wanted to make sure that I was doing it very different than Dwight, that there wasn't any uh, any aroma of Dwight at mm-hmm. all in um, in playing the character. So it worked with this guy. It was really cool. And, um, I, I was there like one big takeaway, like in a, a moment of epiphany, or was it just more of like walking through the paces with this coach and you arrived somewhere? I think that the, there was a big takeaway uh, it's a pretty basic acting thing, but he was really on me about if how does this guy see the world, how see the world through his eyes, and how did he get that way so he sees the world through his eyes in that way? So it's really all about like how does he see the world and how did he get that way? So it was a lot of internal um, adjustments to think to think about that emotionally. This guy's obviously been very abused. Mm-hmm. He has a, he has a dark past. He's got, had a lot of abandonment, abuse and neglect in his, uh, in his, in his life. So there's kind of that dark underbelly that that's why someone sees the world. Away. So you can't, you can't put stuff like that on from the outside and just yeah. be like a blustery. I didn't want to be like a blustery old, I'm a blustery old cop. Hey, book them. <laughs> you know, get down there. Get the evidence. You know, I'd, 
I wanted to like really find him. I can't reload. I'm yep. a, I got a jam. <laughs> My gun's jammed. Oh, damn it. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so that was interesting. I don't really, I don't know. I don't really have a technique. It really depends on the role that I'm doing. Um, there was a part I did. Well, you want to send this guy work. I mean, you don't want to give a lot of secrets away. Maybe I need to go to the guy. Yeah, he's, you know. he's expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And he's I'm $1,400. Yeah, and lighter. lighter. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, good luck. It's probably not justified for YouTube sketches anyway. Um, but, I mean, you mentioned, it, it sounds like this is a maybe a calculated move given how you're seeing in your history with Dwight. I mean, yeah. what what's your current relationship with Dwight as a character? You know, I feel like on my tombstone, it's going to say, here lies the guy who played Dwight. You know, I think I'm always going to be known as Dwight. It's it's going to be who I am. I'm totally at peace with that. Um, I get it. I um, uh, I knew that as soon as The Office took off. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that Dwight was put to bed. I'm happy that the Dwight spinoff didn't work out and wasn't picked up by NBC because I wouldn't want to still be playing that same character ultimately, and I'm happy to be moving on. Now, were you part, uh, you know, the the story goes that the cast got together and said, hey, let's let's, let's end this show. Is, is, that, is that? Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty true. I don't know that NBC would have continued, but... The cast, the, the, all the leads of the cast were kind of like, this. make sure this is our last season and make sure every episode really builds to a great ending and let's do it right and let's, um, let's bring in all the previous characters and let's have a big parade in Scranton and, and do our final season mm -hmm. the way it really should be done. And, um, but the fact that it became the final season was kind of a, uh, a groundswell from the, yes. from the actors. Yeah, and, and I think the... You know, Greg Daniels was the only one that was kind of like, um, really, you sure? Is there a way to continue the show maybe mm -hmm. without some of you or a, a new cast of characters? He had a lot of like thoughts in his head and he's a great guy and very loyal to us, but he was just thinking, he just didn't really completely want to give it up. But, uh, you know, so we put a lot of work into that final season and then no one really watched it. And it's a, it's a really good season. Like the final like five or six episodes of our final season were as good as anything we had ever done. But everyone was like, well, so much better when Steve was on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was a lot of that. And our finale was great, I thought. We, we want to talk about the period of time between, you know, when The Office ended and then now Backstrom because you've done a lot of interesting things that sort of have some overlap with our world. Okay. Um you know, specifically talking about Soul Pancake. Yeah. And I remember seeing that happen. It was a part of a of a bigger movement where some traditional celebrities were coming in and we're like, uh-oh. Well, it was the original YouTube funding. Right, and guys well, like us were like, oh, this is it. We, we, we've had our party, it's over. Uh, real talented people are coming into the space. <laughs> and uh, Well, traditional, I mean, traditional media, you got and NBA stars. Like Shaq, Shaq had, a had a channel. Yeah, yeah, Amy Poehler had a channel. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of uh, name people had channels. Uh, we wanted and Rain Wilson, oh, Rain Wilson's and, in the mix I mean, here. How, how did that come about? Was this the kind of thing that like, you were a fan of uh, YouTube videos, or, or was somebody like, Rain, you gotta get in on this online thing. Get like, on this cash cow. <laughs> right, yeah. they're throwing around millions of dollars. They were. 
They and that's a yeah, fair that's, answer if that's the answer. So we were scrambling to find our identity. What Soul Pancake was? We started, remember, as a website mm-hmm. to discuss uh, life's big questions, and that was fun for a while. But it didn't really take off. It didn't really go anywhere. So we made an app that went with it, and that didn't really go anywhere. And then we did a book, and that was good. It was a bestseller, but. And we were just kind of struggling for identity. Like, what's next for Soul Pancake? We we have this mission. And who is we? At me the and time. the me and the founders. There's really four of us. Me and the guy I started with, Devin Gundry, and then his wife, Golries Lucina, who still works there, and our current CEO, Shabnam Magarabi, who I think you guys you guys mm-hmm. know her or met her over email. Yeah. Okay. She's awesome. She's super super awesome. And um, uh, the other two suck. The um, just kidding. So we, we're like, what do we do? We have this great mission. We have people behind us. We, we know that we've, we're nowhere on to something. We want to do uplifting content that's not sentimental and treacly and stupid. We want to do something edgy and cool and funny and outrageous, but also makes the world a better place. And it's philosophy. It's part spirituality. It's all about creativity and being an artist and expressing yourself. And... Uh, so, you know, we were scrambling for money and, and oh, YouTube is giving out money for channels. And we're like, well, what about that? We'd already done some videos for the Oprah Winfrey Network and they were very popular. They were like the most popular thing on that, that whole dumb network. And then uh, uh, so we're like, yeah, let's, let's go down here. So we just came up with a bunch of show ideas based on our philosophy and our worldview. And we pitched it and went great. And and then really, we're so grateful to that experience and to YouTube and the YouTube channel phenomenon thing because that's where we found our voice and our identity mm-hmm. and our YouTube channel has taken off. And we we're, really see ourselves more of a media company. So we, you know, we produce videos either for our YouTube channel, for television, or for commercials. Um, and they have a certain you know, magic mojo in them. And you've gotten involved personally, I mean, hosting a few of those shows. And- yeah, I have. So my show is Metaphysical Milkshake. Um, and now, you know, that YouTube money is dried up. So we are trying to find other ways to fund what we yeah. make. You know how that goes. It's a crazy, right. it's a crazy business, the, the YouTube game, the YouTube channel game. And, I mean, how much of yourself are you able to, to put into Soul Pancake, the channel, at this point, you know, with with the new show and everything else that I'm, I assume you got going on with your life. Um, are you watching every video that's on the channel? Are you? I, I watch most of the videos on the channel. I won't say I watch every single one, but I've, I've really stepped back over the last year. And um, I was very involved early on in, in the shows and giving notes on the cuts and who, you know, Casting Candace here and giving her a show. The, Thank yeah. you. The, the the little girl from Ohio that you stole yeah. from us. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, I was very involved in doing a lot of promotion for it, trying to get the viewers, trying to get like my Twitter followers to head over to the YouTube and and watch some of our videos and subscribe and stuff like that. But now it's going gangbusters. And Shabnam, our CEO, she's just awesome and running it. And and it's uh, we're moving to a from our lame space to a really cool space oh, yeah. too. Only I mean, we're in we're in Hollywood. Yeah, Ooh. you are. Mm. The wrong side that of the hill. Straight the up. seedy side of the hill. Oh. <laughs> now, it, I, an interesting thing about doing any sort of co- uh, content that has any kind of uh, spiritual theme. I mean, we've noticed that anytime anybody senses that you're making some sort of religious statement or statement about 
anything metaphysical that just starts a, a YouTube argument in the co- comments. It's just, and, and they can be just the and, most inane arguments. But have you- Yeah, religious conversation in the you're, comments, you're, plus the comments equals trouble. I mean, you, you basically, in one sense, you've started a conversation around spiritual themes on YouTube, a place where there's not a lot of mature conversation about spiritual themes. Like, have you, like, what's your experience with that? You're like, oh, well, yeah. Well, well, let's back up a little bit because you've you've thrown out a lot of words. Yeah. So you throw out spiritual, then religious, then metaphysical, hmm. um, and they're all very different, and it really depends on how you define them. So religious, we don't do anything religious on our channel. So it's not religious. It's not about religion. Um, it's spiritual in this in a sense, yes. But what, how do you define? Everyone defines spirituality different. I mean, some people it's like talking to the ghosts and the beyond. Some people it's crystals mm-hmm. and yoga classes. Some people it's their Christian faith. Some people it's kind of Oprah and Deepak Chopra and kind of new agey podcasts and stuff. Like everyone has a very different thing. Like we define spirituality differently. So it's spirituality is just anything that's beyond the material. That's it. And that creativity is, and being an artist is the main part of being spiritual. So it's it's expressing yourself and it's making cool and it's making the world awesome and being of service to people and making people laugh and uplifting their spirits and telling beautiful stories that make you remember what it is to be a human being and connecting people and building bridges and having fun along the way. Like that's spiritual. Um, It doesn't have to go down any kind of sentimental road or new age road or religious road. And that's the kind of the the juicy stuff that we explore on Soul Pancake. Well, and 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 I guess that's just it, is regardless of how well you state it and how well you present it, I mean, 75% of all YouTube commenters are still gonna misunderstand and think that you're saying something that they want to be offended by, sure. which then causes a conversation. Or at least opinionated about. Yeah, I'm picking right. up on you guys hate your YouTube commenters. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, okay, okay, Here's an example. So we got um, we got invited to the White House two what? months ago as part of a, a uh, the it's on us campaign. The it's on us campaign. The campaign to address sexual assault on college campuses. Okay. And so the Obama administration has been doing this thing where they get YouTubers and involved. They want they want more of it and less of it. <laughs> I think less. It okay. was it was I a did. little I confusing. It just, was confusing in the meeting. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> um, and we were like, this is a cool, cool opportunity, and we're going to go, and part of this is going to be, how can we be a part of this movement? Sure. You know, things like, well, I'm gonna change my Twitter icon to the It's On Us campaign icon, but hey, I were, let's, let's tell the story of us going to the White House, because there were some funny things happening. We thought we were gonna get to shake hands with the president, but it turned out we got like a foot from him, and we missed this opportunity, and some weird stuff happened, but. He didn't give us a foot, we were that far away. Yes, we we told this story. He didn't hand you his foot, right? When we tried to shake his hand, right? But you were a foot away. I mean, you couldn't get to right. that right. last foot. And I had an how aw- come you couldn't close? I had an awkward moment with a secret security, a secret service secret guy. security guy. Yeah, and it was yeah. like I got in this stare down, and I was. It, Did you get to shake hands with him at least? Nope. Oh man, damn! But just telling yeah. the story, snake yeah. eyes, and. Also plugging the campaign, which yeah. you would think that reducing sexual assault is a, everybody can get behind Across it. Across the board-ish kind of a. Yeah. I, 
I, and I, and noble, I had hope. I had an hope. important and noble cause. And, still. And still, you got a lot of haters. They were just like, why would you guys even want to meet this guy? And I'm just like, and we weren't even making a political statement. Sure. But they wanted to make And it wouldn't matter if it was statement. a Democrat or Republican in the no. White House. This is a great campaign. They invited you to be part of it. And sure, yeah. Right. And, and I mean, we observe across YouTube that the same thing happens. If there's anything that, okay, if there's anything that people can interpret as something in the religious realm, then they're going to they're gonna start throwing their baggage out there. Sure. That's not, that didn't happen on uh You know what? I'll channel? tell you something on, on our YouTube channel. Uh, on our soulpancake.com, there's definitely a lot of arguments there, but it's still pretty civil. And on our channel, you know, we just, um, uh, I guess we kick off those people or something, but it's pretty civil. You know, people get, it's, it's pretty civil. People get along for the most part. There's a, we try and create a, just a really positive community. atmosphere and community around Soul Pancake. And this is not the place to go and say, there's no God, or say, mm -hmm. you're going to hell, or or all whatever the, you know, the, the, yeah. the black and white diatribe of the day is, or, you know, right. Obama or, or Romney or, or whatever. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's been, we've been really lucky that way. Honestly, uh, check out our comments. I mean, go look. They're, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty civil. I mean, that's encouraging. I think that's a, that's a testimony to the the tone that you guys set. Mm -hmm. And even though the, the there's so many different things that you that you hit on, but there is that there's an across the board tone that you know what you're going to get with Soul Pancake that it's going to be that's going to be thoughtful, it's going to be sincere, it's going to be uh, there's a positive motivation behind yeah. it that then activates you. Yeah. to the same end. Yeah, uh, what are you going to go on Soul Pancake great. and be like, "Kid President's a douchebag." <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I hate that little <laughs> Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, well you you're a you're a dickwad, you know, like <laughs> as if like the the channel that brought you kid president is going to be that. I don't know. Yeah. But you know, I would I'd love to go back and you know in your story and then kind of derive what brings you to a point to want to create this kind of community and this kind of channel. Um we know that your Baha'i faith is something that you're very vocal about. Well, yeah, so I'm a member of the Baha'i faith, and my religious faith is really important to me, and it's a part of my life. It's part of my daily life, and it means a lot to me, and there's a lot of ideas in the Baha'i faith that I try and bring forward in my work. So I don't really, I never want to be any kind of Baha'i spokesperson or a Hollywood Baha'i spokesperson or anything like that, and I really don't want to do that. But people ask, I'll talk about it, and it's, you know, here's things I love. I love Radiohead. I love the Seattle Seahawks. I love the Baha'i Faith. You know, I love sushi. And if you ask me about these things, I'm going to talk about the things that are part of my life, you know, so I'm, I'm just not really shy about it. And a lot of people are going to think I'm weird or in some weird cult or that there's something freaky going on there. And there's really not. And, you know, but there, people are just going to think whatever they're going to think. And uh, no matter what your faith, I, I think that, there are certain uh, important things. I think just making the world a better place and uplifting people and serving people that are less fortunate than yourself is something, whether you're an atheist or an agnostic or Christian or Baha'i or whatever, or Muslim, like those are things we can all get behind. And that's what we should all be doing, regardless of our belief. So is Soul Pancake has some inspiration from the Baha'i faith. There's certain things about Soul Pancake that um, we were inspired to uh, bring to life like that 
idea of creativity being a form of prayer, um, of making art as a as a as a sacred and a beautiful thing. Um, the individual investigation of truth, finding the truth for yourself, engaging in life's big questions. That's a core tenet of the Baha'i faith of not just taking what your parents believe or what your culture believes or uh, but really finding the truth for yourself. So some of these things have like definitely influenced uh, influenced Soul Pancake, but it really is just ultimately like I, I believe and I think that most people believe no matter what their belief system that we should just try and make the world a better place and we just fi- try and find ways to do that. And as I became a celebrity, you know, a lot of doors opened and I was like, oh, here's an opportunity. Let me, let's, let's try and do something really cool on the internet that brings people together, gets them talking about big ideas, uh, inspires them, uplifts them, celebrates art, creativity, and awesomeness. And let's do it in a way that is not treacly and stupid and syrupy and, and dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's really what it was about. And you described the Baha'i faith as a faith of unity, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you engage with all the, the individuals out there. I mean, when we, when, a lot of people will say, well, religion is the number one cause for disunity in the world today, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We see it all the time, whether, whether you're talking, talking about a, a Christian who says that it's, you agree with me or you're going to hell, or it's a Muslim who says convert or die, or all the horrible things that we see happening. Mm-hmm. So how do you in, engage with other people of other faiths uh, when you're trying to say, hey, no, you're a part of something bigger, but I know that, and they're like, well, no, I'm not. Well, first of all, you just got to ignore the haters, no matter where they come from, whether it's an atheist or a born again. Um, and like I just said, it's about finding that commonality. You know, we work with Muslim crew members at Soul Pancake. Um, one of our top uh, employees is very devout in her Christian faith. Um, uh, we had a channel manager who was a devout atheist, <laughs> you know, but all of these people wanted to make a difference and it's about finding that commonality. And I get it, you know, people think that organized religion is, it, it causes much more disunity and, and pain in the world than it brings solace. And for the most part, I agree with that. And it's, uh, it's really awful what's being done in the name of religion, and it, it, uh, it, it's sickening. But we have to, as a, as a culture and as a species, not throw the baby out with the bathwater because there are some spiritual truths that Muhammad brought, that Jesus brought, that the Buddha brought, that uh, Baha'u'llah, who is the founder of the Baha'i faith, that he brought, and these kind of basic truths, spiritual truths, um, can really can help heal the planet. You know, they... They're, they're, they're a healing message of, of love and unity underneath all of this rancor and, and bullshit that you read about in, in the paper all the time. In fact, I just read, remember that best-selling memoir of that six-year-old who was in a coma and went to heaven and fro- frolicked with he the He made angels? it all up. He made it all up. Dude made it all up. I don't know, did he do it with his parents or was he just- I don't know, I just saw the article today too. Yeah, it just popped up on my phone. I yeah. was like, holy- How old was he when he wrote it? I think six, and he like dictated oh, really? it to his parents. And yeah, it was like they a were like, and then I frolicked with the angels, and then they took me to see Jesus, and then we went over here and we saw God, and we and said there, hi. Is that and... the one that a movie was made about, or there was another kid that 
I don't know. There was only was at a, least two books. I should have done more two research kids. before I <laughs> brought this into the podcast. But, <laughs> but you hear stuff like that, too, and you're just like, oh, man, come on. This is all bull****. So, I don't know. Well, how is, how is it? How is the Baha'i faith different than You guys are way Buddhism? more handsome in person. Oh, really? Way. Yeah. Wow. Well, I could say the same about you. Yeah. Just be more specific. <laughs> <laughs> I changed my mind. Okay, you see. Weirdo. Um, we listened to the USC commencement speech. Yeah, we uh, we weren't students. We we just watched it on YouTube. Uh, yeah, yeah, like a couple of hours ago. It's a <laughs> it's a big YouTube video. I mean, you talk about eliminating desire, which is a Buddhist principle. But mm-hmm. so so, I was curious how the Baha'i faith was different than Buddhism. Uh, the Baha'i faith is different than Buddhism because. Baha'is believe that there's a God, first of all. In Buddhism, there's hints at something higher, but the Buddha didn't really talk about God so much, and that's a longer discussion about why that was. But um, Baha'is believe that God, and there's only one God, and that all the religious faiths worship this one God, and that God sends down every once in a while these divine teachers or divine healers, really, that are there to uplift mankind and, and teach them these spiritual truths. And that's, you know, the Muhammad and, and Jesus and the Buddha and Krishna and Abraham and Moses and these. And now um, Baha'is believe that Baha'u'llah is the most recent one of these divine teachers. And they bring a message for humanity to, uh, to, to, for their spiritual healing to that particular people in that particular time, you know, Muhammad's message was for the warring tribes of the Arabian Peninsula in the year 600. You know, there's still a number of universal truths there in what he spoke that are that are really beautiful if you really look at the Quran, but um, a lot of it was for his audience. You got to know your audience, right? Your podcasters. So um, Baha'is believe that Baha'u'llah's teachings uh, so how is Baha'i faith different than the Buddha? We believe that Baha'u'llah's teachings uh, are the way to help heal the world. And there's... In its current incarnation. In its current iteration. state. Its current in, state. In, a, in this modern world. And that unity is the key wor- word. And unity of the races, equality of men and women, uh, universal education, uh, elimination of, of prejudice, seeing the unity in, in, uh, in all of the religions... Eliminating extremes of wealth and poverty, as we see more and more that, you know, that's a spiritual teaching in the Baha'i faith, eliminating the extremes of wealth and poverty, but not through like communism, but through, but spiritually, you know, tackling this issue. Okay. So the Baha'u'llah. Baha'u'llah, yeah. Baha'u'llah. Baha'u'llah. I know it's a tough, it's a tough one here. Baha'u'llah. Baha, like Baha Peninsula. Baha'u'llah. Baha'u'llah. There you go. And his name, that name means the glory of God. Uh, in in Persian, is he is he like is he hanging out in Agora Hills or where where is he, is, he right now? He is in Agora Hills. He's he's in my basement. <laughs> oh gosh, no. He lived in uh, he lived in Persia in the mid eighteen hundreds, and he died in like eighteen ninety or so. Okay, yeah. But Baha'i faith spread from there. He was tortured by the Muslim authorities, and tens of thousands of Baha'is were killed by the Muslims in the early days. And he was banished from country to country. He ended up going to like Syria and, and where Jordan is and then over to Turkey and then down to Egypt. And then he was in Palestine where he spent his whole life in prison. But now the Baha'i faith is very, it's the second most widespread religion in the world. There's about five or six million adherents around. And, you know, I hope 
that people who have positive experience with Baha'is. Baha'is aren't allowed to proselytize. They're not allowed to try and convert anybody. Oh, so wow. That's a law to not try and convert anybody. Oh. That being said, we talk about it like I'm doing right now. People are interested in checking it out. That's totally cool. But we don't like go to people's doors no and pamphlets. grab them and yeah, shake pamphlets in their face or anything like that. So Got it. Now, your, your parents uh, are Baha'i faith. You yes. were raised Baha'i faith. I was raised in the Baha'i faith. Um, my parents are kind of hippie, bohemian types in Seattle. And then when I went to New York City, I was 20 years old. I went to acting school, and I basically rebelled against everything I had grown up with. And I became an atheist. And Did I, something happen, or it was just that? You, you know, know, I just didn't want any morality. Itch. I didn't, yeah, I didn't want any morality. I was angry at my parents, and I just rebelled against all of it. And so I, you know, I wanted to drink and use drugs, and I wanted to have sex, and I wanted to be a bohemian in Greenwich Village in the 80s, and I uh, went to acting school and dyed my hair black and smoked filterless cigarettes and <laughs> talked about Bertrand Brecht a lot. And, um, and so I was a really annoying Young man. <laughs> How long did that phase last? Mm, Ten years, for reals. Yeah. So I really was had nothing to do with any kind of spirituality or faith, and and I really just focused on being an actor, and and kind of in a weird way, theater and acting became my religious faith. So I um, really uh, thought that we could change the world if we did really important, cool theater. So we could do the right checkoff play in the right church basement to the right fourteen people that we could like blow their minds. But you were, but you, so you were, you didn't become a bad person. You just started doing things that were kind of outlawed. But you still wanted to make a difference. But it was through the power of theater. That's it. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. A, I wasn't a bad person. I was an annoying person. I'm probably still an annoying person <laughs> a little bit. So there's that. Did you become hopeless? Yeah, so that was, I, I really did. That was, um, you know, I was in, all of a sudden, so this is when I talked about that at the USC speech about happiness. I, I was feel like I, I learned firsthand that we think about happiness as like, oh, if I get this, then I'll be happy. Or if I get X, Y, and Z, those puzzle pieces fit together, then I'll be happy. And basically, I had everything I'd ever wanted, which was I was a working actor, playing great roles, working with great directors, in New York City, living in New York City, I had a beautiful girlfriend, now my wife, Holiday Reinhorn, and um, she was awesome. And here it was, I had, I had the woman, I had this career that I'd always wanted. I was living in, in the coolest place on earth, and I just was really unhappy. I just found, you know, just at night, I was just waking up super unhappy and unmotivated, and I was like, what is going on? And it was kind of that deep thing of like, is there's got to be some other meaning to this? I can't just, you know, because I realize pretty soon you realize you do any art like, oh, I'm not going to change the world with the theater. I mean, I'm going to do some really cool plays and people are going to be jazzed. I'm going to do some really plays and people are going to be pissed that they had to come see me in them. And, uh, um, and, and so um, I realized that the truth was not to be found there. And that's kind of when I went on a spiritual journey of sorts and read a lot of uh, spiritual books and holy books and did a lot of meditating and um uh so that was an interesting time did you did you maintain a dialogue with your your parents at that time about i didn't really deeper issues i didn't really talk to them about it no really? no but there was a moment when you said i'm back to yourself yeah well i i to god 
This is a much. This is a very long story. I didn't know we were going to get so heavy in this podcast. I thought we were going to joke around about the new Star Wars movie. (laughs) Well, something you know. We'll we'll get there. Okay. No, No. I mean this is. You're digging on this. Oh, you're like you like this dig this rich stuff. Okay. I mean, I know you're just like that six year old. It's you're making it up as you go. It's (laughs) it's pretty obvious. But I'm buying the book. Okay. Good. (laughs) I saw angels in heaven. (laughs) I um. Uh, yeah, man, I, uh, basically I was reading a book about Native American spirituality and it described the Lakota Sioux definition of God as, um, uh, Wankantanka and this idea that God is, it's everywhere and it's within us and without us and coursing through all of nature. God is beyond time and beyond space. It's all loving, um, that is reflected through nature and in the four directions and uh, our ancestors are, are part of this experience and animals. And, and I was reading about Wong Kantanga and I was, and the, and the name literally translates as the great mystery. So the Lakota Sioux called God, the great mystery. You know, I was like, wow, I could totally get with this. And that kind of led me back to God. I went from like atheist to agnostic. And I was like, I can get with the great mystery. I feel that in my heart that, there's something more, there's some higher purpose. We're not just a random assortment of molecules who somehow gain consciousness on this ball of mud up here. And then when we die, it's just the end. And then when the earth blows up, it's just this matter floating around in space. And I, I, I just really felt like there was something more. And that's kind of what led me to read the, the holy books of the world. And I read the Quran and the Bible and I read the the works of the Buddha and the Dhammapada and the, the Bhagavad Gita of, of, of Hinduism. And I just really dug in. And then I, and then I found my way back to the Baha'i writings and I read them again. And I was like, you know, I just, this just makes sense to me. It just makes the most sense. And, you know, it, it was a long, slow journey kind of tiptoeing back, but um, it's been, it's been, it's been nice. And it, um, yeah. And you, you've been, how long have you been married? Uh, 19 years. Wow. Yeah. Going on 20. Yeah, I mean, so going on twenty, this has got to be like a special celebration. I mean, you can't screw this up. (laughs) What 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 kind of expectations do you have, and does your wife have about stuff like that? Is it like twenty? Okay, we're going to Italy. What? Because I think that's what my wife has already said. Yeah, she. My wife. It's so funny. She like now like things mean a lot. Like her birthday and anniversary. We never celebrated like Valentine's Day. That was never like a thing. And now all of a sudden it was kind of almost started like last year. Like, I hope we're doing something special. <laughs> like she's got, she, I don't know. I thought you got older, that stuff went away, but she's Well, it's very, like a like, midlife romantic crisis. Well, yeah. And, and there's not a crisis, but I, <laughs> she definitely wants a... I don't recommend that being your response to her. <laughs> Honey, you're just going through a midlife romantic crisis. <laughs> yeah, but... Uh, I'll, be, I'll be waiting on the other side. <laughs> no, birthdays, anniversaries, Valentine's Day, that's... Uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's uh, it's almost 20 years. We've been together, been together 23, 24 years, hmm. all told. So it's it's great. I, you know, it's, it's awesome. She's an incredible person. She's... Um, uh, great writer. She wrote a book of short stories and went to the Iowa Writers Workshop. Mm-hmm. And she's writing a novel right now. And she rides horses. She does like dressage riding and horses competes and stuff. And well, you can do that kind of thing when you when you live outside of town. Yeah. Is that why you're out there in the like the the far hills? Yeah. Like the way far into the valley. Yes, kind it's, of thing. Uh, yeah. There's horse country out there. 
Exactly. Well, you know, there's rednecks out there too. We, <laughs> we went to a uh, Merle Haggard concert at the Canyon Club. Oh, that's 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 very close to my house. And uh, we're huge Merle fans, and uh, we've we've kind of developed a connection with him and his son, who's in his band. Nice. We've been fans forever, so we got invited to to the to the concert at the Canyon Club. We're like, sure. Gore, Gore Hills. You ever that's been right in down the road? Canyon Club. You I've been, been there. In? Yeah, I saw. That's cool. I saw Courtney Love there. I saw X there. Well, when you see Merle there, yeah, I want to see Merle. I mean, you could, you got. Did you have the see. dinner? It's like a dinner theater. Yeah. Yes, yes. Did you? What'd you have? Like the spaghetti? Uh, you or know the what? Steak? Uh, we he all showed up we just got drinks that. because they were like, "We're gonna find you a place," and we ended up. They put us in the way back, and it was, you know, he was about to start. Yeah, but um, we're from, you know, rural North Carolina, so right. we're very familiar with what a, a country bar looks like. But I was just like, this is you know, this is right outside of town, and these people yeah. are for real. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. But you're out there for your wife to have the horses. Yeah, do, and I do like you ride a horse. I, I, I no, no. I like the countryside too. I mean, we we have like owls and foxes. We had foxes outside our house, not coyotes, foxes, but a fox in a tree. Really? Yeah. We also and have it, a we have a zonkey, Link. We have a zonkey. Like personally, you own, you a, own zonkey? a zonkey. We own a zonkey. It's in our backyard. Oh my goodness. It's a it's a horse and a. Think about it. A zebra. <laughs> zebra and a donkey, yes. Yes. What, why do you need the horse at all? No, there's no, there's no, I'm sorry, I said horse. It's donkey, zebra, mix, Derek the zonkey, he lives at our house. What, is, it, what does he do? I mean, he eats and he <laughs> How did you acquire and Derek? he's kind of a dick. Can you take pictures with him? Yeah. You guys want to come out and take a picture with <laughs> yeah, Derek the zonkey? Absolutely. That's, I mean, that's, what, next that's what I'm getting at. For your next album cover or something? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> why you set up this whole well, thing. Inc incidentally, and now we're to it. Yeah, that's the name yeah. of the upcoming album. Yeah. Zonkey. <laughs> Derek the zonkey. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, how did you get Derek? Well, my, where, where, do, where does one acquire a zonkey? Okay, did you okay. breed him? Okay. My wife saw a zonkey. She fell in love with it. She said, I want a zonkey. I was like, yes, dear. Whatever you want, dear. Of course, dear. So she went to Zonkeys. No, she went to zebrasrus.com. I'm not kidding. Put, Google it right now. <laughs> I am not Go on your computer. It. I will. I'm not kidding. Zebrasrus.com. They're in Riverside, California. And she plunked down like three grand and they delivered a Zonky to our house. And my son named him Derek. Uh, now, if I may, wow. imagine being the first donkey in your group of donkeys to like to mount a zebra. I mean, just think about yeah, what yeah, you're yeah. thinking at that moment. Yeah, well, I'm. You haven't seen. I'm sexing a zebra, <laughs> you guys. You haven't seen that video. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the stripes, just, man. Just think about the elation of this is working. Oh my I god! I think it's working. First of all, it says, "Welcome to your trusted source <laughs> for zebras." I guess. <laughs> I love. Is it trusted? <laughs> yeah, you, by you. For sale. Oh, this is just a top menu. For sale. What we do. There's meet a donkey and, and greet. a zebra. Maybe. Photo op, see, for hire. I'm interested. Meet the herd. Meet the herd. <laughs> At how much of the uh, wow. Derek has stripes? Is it just his legs? Just, just his legs. Just the legs. Yeah, the legs are stripy, but like his mane di dipped in zebra a little. Yeah, exactly. Perfect description. But his mane is um, zebra esque. <laughs> but he's got a big donkey head. What's his temperament? Man, we should have started with this. Right? He's been really sweet. Um, oh, he was really sweet, but now he's kind of being a dick, like to me. He's to he's like territorial. So yeah, I yeah. like feed him, and he'll like push me out of the way to get to the bucket and get his head in there and kind of like swing his butt around. He won't like kick at me, but 
just kind of like bullying. So we have to do some training. Assish. I mean, my mom yeah. has uh, f- five donkeys. Yeah. And once I tell her about this zonkey thing, oh, I knew they existed, but I never brought it up to her. And she's gonna, she's, she's gonna, gonna want one. Nuts. But donkeys are sweet but mostly, right? She's got some mean ones, and they have to be separate. You can't have two jacks in the same pen because they'll, you know, yeah, they'll fight. Yeah, and they're partial. Like you princes. can't have two human jacks. Like Jack Black and right. Jack Bauer could never be in the no, same room. Yeah, that never works. I can't think of one example. Though he was of that up working. for the role. Wow! Didn't fact. know that. Wow. Fantastic. Did you say fact as a testament to Dwight just then? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it was subconscious. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't intentional, but it was. Yeah, but it was definitely. It was there. Should subliminal. I apologize? No, oh, that was okay. great. I love it. Oh, fact. Were you on Lopez tonight? I see you got the mug. Oh yeah, I was hoping you would notice that too. <laughs> we were both on Lopez tonight. Oh really? That's yeah. Another thing that unites us. Yeah, let's that talk, was. Let's, was... Talk, let's talk about how great that was. Yeah. I liken it to. When I first made love to a zebra, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were really excited, but it was a little confusing. It's like this it, is and, working. Yeah, he's really energetic. He's really into the audience. Was so the loud. audience is loud. Uh, it was, and it was our first ever late night. Yeah, they're not like appearance. that normally. They're not like that. Where it you kind of go on and like, hey, look and it at was Ray big. Wilson. Hey, nice shirt. Thanks, George. And the audience is like, ah! <laughs> and there's a lot of them. It was yeah. a big, it yeah. was a big place. It was yeah. scary. It yeah. was scary. Yeah, it was not a good first experience. The show's not on anymore. I don't know if you. Yeah, I know. I noticed. But the mug yeah. still works. Lives on. It's a beautiful mug. Do you have any other animals? Because we should have we should have started and just, stuck with the zombie thing for the some whole editing. hour. Do, do Put some it back editing at the top. We, we really don't stick it at the top. We really don't add it. You know, it's just this it's is just you get flow. what you get. It's uh, do we you have, have a, any other ones? We have a miniature horse. We have two. Pit oh, 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 my hold on, gosh! Hold on, hold on. You got to understand what just happened. How what? many? What? I can't the, believe this. Miniature horse, no lie, is Link's favorite animal. So much so that we have miniature horse Monday on our Instagram. No. Every Monday. Can I buy a ticket to your house? Yes. No. And we have tried. $1,400. <laughs> we have tried many a times. In fact, we were trying to get a chariot pulled by miniature horses recently until right. we were told that that was inhumane. But the- How is that inhumane? <laughs> I don't know. That's what the Humane Society told us. It's inhumane to have miniature horse pulling? They were like, oh, they can't do that. Man. They're miniatures. They can do that? And we were like, it's wheels, and he's you'd, like 150 pounds. They're as big pounds. as a donkey. You'd have donkeys could pull a chariot. Well, it could be a oh, small yeah. chariot with a small person on it. Child, what do you have use? the chariot pull around that kid who made up the story about the angels? <laughs> <laughs> what do you? We'll bring it. This is really going to be fun when we come out there. Yeah, right. I, I, I am so inviting myself. You guys are yes. so you right. have so invited yourself to my house. <laughs> what's, Definitely. What's well, the, mission accomplished? What's the miniature horse's name? Reba. <laughs> Man, she's wow. a little she's a little feisty little gal. Wow. And what is what? Utility to see her because they can be seen. I uh, ponies. Mm-hmm. Some people. She does come in the house. She has shoes. You, what? She has miniature horseshoes. My wife puts on and brings her in the house. Does she like it in there? She looks around. She goes over to the refrigerator. Yeah, and she, <laughs> she knows over. she wants carrots. Oh, she's she a knows there's eater. carrots in that there. Is great. Um, and my your, wife, your son can ride Reba? No, you can't. Not, you can't ride Derek or Reba. They they're they're too difficult. Okay. My wife likes them. She loves animals, and she's also got some horses. And uh, it's fun, man. It's it's fun. And uh, you know, 
I, I get I I don't touch them really. I don't really have much to do with them. Well, this it sounds like Swiss Family Robinson at your home. It's a little bit. Yeah, it's a little bit. Wow. It's a fun. It's a fun place. Wow. What else? Any other odd animals? Just some fish and some guinea pigs. Yeah. Link's got uh, a couple of hermit crabs. This is a sore subject because, well, I don't anymore. You, you have a zero now? You, uh, you ate them? Well, he neglected one until it Oh, died. sorry to hear and that. My ki- it's my kids, man. Yeah, he, he he was left in charge when the when they went back to North Carolina and one of them died. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's just, it's not good. That's not good. It's not good. That's why I said it's a sore subject. I'd rather not talk about it. <laughs> Okay, and but this. But it. if we just go, yeah, if we just go back to the zonky, let's go back to the zonky energy to wrap up. Yeah, just we don't even have to talk about it. Let's just. I'm just feeling that energy. Yeah, as a wrap up, as and opposed wanna, to the hermit crab energy right. that really yeah, brought yeah, this yeah. down. Right, sorry, it really, really brought it down. Yeah, I took the crab right out of the shell of this room. Yeah, and this this pathetic room. Let's bring it all the way back to <laughs> the beginning. This sad, <laughs> pathetic room in Burbank that you're leaving and apologizing for. Yeah. Um, zonkeys, zonkeys are fun. Yeah, <laughs> he makes a crazy sound. He goes like this. He goes. He goes. And he looks. Wow. I bet he looks like that too. <laughs> you, you seem to have practiced this. It's kind of monkeyish. Wow. It's got he, a little orangutan in it. It is like Planet of the Apes. It's like the yeah, the orangutans in Planet of the Apes. Well, we'll let you know when we're coming out, and okay. uh, yeah, yeah. you Please. know you can borrow nice. my Lopez mug until yeah. until then. We'll I'll send up it, a flare. I'll take it in trade. Lopez tonight mug, and you can visit the Zonkey. Okay, <laughs> deal. Yes, deal. Rhett and Link, thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, You're welcome. Thanks for being here. Thanks, All right, man. Cool. There you have it, our ear biscuit with Rain Wilson. I'm super appreciative that Rain came and hung out with us and uh, let us get to know him in this dimmed lighting atmosphere. Uh, you should let Rain know on Twitter what you think. Uh, tweet at him, Rain Wilson. Of course, there's two ends in Rain. and At uh, the end. Well, no, it's in the middle of Rain Wilson. At the end of Rain. N Wilson. Yeah, I think yeah. they know what I was yeah. saying. Yeah. I, I know what you're saying too. Anyway, just tweet at him and tell him what you thought of this ear biscuit. Use hashtag ear biscuits. I gotta say, I uh, it made me feel a little bit better about myself uh, when I found out that Rain Wilson knew who we were in 2009 and was ca- making phone calls, Link. Yeah, that's a thrill and I'm gonna add something to that right now. I'm I'm beginning to realize that he th- there could have been even more to that that he didn't know. There's a connection here, right? Think about this, okay? He sees the Red House Furniture commercial and he said that he's, he shares it with all of his people and says somebody needs to represent these people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, what happened to us? Totally independent or was it, we started getting calls from production companies which eventually led to us turning uh, our local commercials on our on our YouTube channel into the show on IFC. Getting getting the IFC show, which led to us moving to LA, all of that happened. And the most significant phone call that we got was from Reveille. Which is the production company, which was also behind what show? The Office. So I I don't know if he, I, he, he obviously didn't realize it. We didn't realize it right when he said it, but now I'm thinking. Well, we just gotta call Todd. Is, yeah, we could ask Todd. Is Rain. Todd the, is the producer that reached out to us who worked for Reveille and helped to produce Commercial Kings. 
Was it Rain's email about our Red House furniture commercial that got the ball rolling with Reveille, which led to us getting the television show, which led to basically everything. The fact which that led to this moment right leaving. here. Yeah. This conversation with Rain Wilson. Does it all go back to Rain? We can die now. Is that what you're saying? Like the circle's complete? Well, no, I'm just saying we need to we need to go back to Rain and tell him, hey, thank you even more because you may very well be the missing link in mm. us getting our television show. Maybe we shouldn't call Todd because if he's like, no, 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 no. Then it ruins it. It's, it's not as romantic. Let's just let's just assume that the reason that we got a television show is because of Rain Wilson. Thank you, Rain. Thank you, Rain, and thank you for introducing us to zebrasareus.com. Yeah, we've I mean, talk a about a lot of time there. Talk about life changing. <laughs> I, I think we're ab he's about to send our life in a totally new trajectory of uh, Zorse care or zonking. I, I want hey, they sell Zorses too. I, all I want is a couple of horses, a couple of donkeys, and a couple of zebras of various genders, and I want to breed zonkeys and Zorses. That's where the money's at. The money's not in just, you know. Having one? Having one. It's making more. It's making more. We can make as many zonkeys as you want. Wow. In fact, that's the name of our website, allthezonkeysyouwant.com. <laughs> All the zonkeys you want for less.com. Okay. We're gonna undercut uh, Zebras Are Us. Okay. <laughs> Look okay, into that. guys. Uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. It certainly helps. Also, you can comment along with the conversation on SoundCloud. Give that a shot. And uh, we'll see you again uh, next week. We'll, we will be on the backs of two zonkeys for another biscuit. <laughs>